Welcome to another episode of Pat and the Fat Man, where we like to talk about movies, sports, and whatever else we feel like. I'm Pat. And I'm the Fat Man, also known as Bruce. Welcome back to our second episode, reviewing the 80s cult classic, Escape from Nye. I think it's New York. Is that what the NY stands for? Plus, I think there's supposed to be periods in between, punctuation in between the N and the Y. So it'd be more like Escape from N. Yeah. I guess. I mean, I went to public school. I can't tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, we are knocking public school. (laughs) No, but kind of. I mean, Florida. Come on, folks. (laughs) Not going down that road today, man. (laughs) Let the record state that Bruce, the fat man, rolled his eyes (laughs) at the mention of the Florida public school system. So where did we last leave our hero, as it were? But what is a hero, anyways? <laughs> it's just a well, man. I was going to say, in this movie, it's whoever you want it to be. Seriously, anybody in this movie could be your hero because they all act just as horribly. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody's really a hero here. They're all terrible. They're all horses here. Where I got us left off is uh, Snake is landed on top of the World Trade Center on his plane. So much imagery right there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Or I was watching that. I was like, uh, you know, I don't know whether that aged well or not, but it just, it feels off. There it is. <laughs> yep. It, it happened. You got to wonder if, you know, John Carpenter looks back at it now and goes, wow, maybe I should have done something different. <laughs> I mean, who could have called that one? <laughs> yeah. In any case, uh, Snake is landed on top of one of the World Trade Center towers and has accessed the power box for the elevator to turn it on, I guess. And one of the things they tell you, or he gets told by the, um, I don't know, what is this guy? Commissioner, the police force captain, the colonel, the... General, I don't know what he's listed just as Hauk. <laughs> How okay, <laughs> so like, he's he's too awesome to have a rank, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that guy, Hawk? Yeah, but like, what's his rank, Hawk? But yeah, but like, yeah, but but his Hawk, okay, get over it, move on. <laughs> <laughs> he tells him there's you know no utilities or whatever, but they figured out how to do how to get power to the elevator in the tallest building in all of New York. <laughs> yeah. And they talk about, yeah, some of the people inside have figured out how to repower the grid with electricity. And some of them have even, have taken old cars and junkers and turned them into, you know, cars they can use and have found a way to find gas. But, you know, beyond that, there's like no utilities and it's dark. And the I don't remember if he mentions that the crazies all come out at night or not. At some point that gets mentioned. I think it's before Snake goes in. I don't think so, because I think it really it comes out like in the first interaction with somebody he has there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I mean, that's part of it, too. Yeah. He gets inside the, the tower, takes the elevator down. And then, of course, he has the uh, ubiquitous uh, radio call. Yeah, I'm inside. But taking off is going to be terrible. Yeah. That giant radio 
contraption he's got with the 20 foot long <laughs> antenna you know the children's toy that you can get at KB toys you know for three dollars yeah it's like the most conspicuous thing you could ever give a guy who you're sending in <laughs> undercover i'm like right. if this guy was supposed to go in quietly you did it very wrong like you gave him a, a an automatic weapon not silenced and uh, and the biggest freaking radio ever <laughs> <laughs> and, and like a tracking device that only works for 15 minutes like you guys are awful at this <laughs> like just awful <laughs> no wonder you built a wall around a manhattan <laughs> and being building a wall is generous considering all they did was just stacked you know shipping containers all up along <laughs> i mean that'd be the way to do it <laughs> i suppose i mean <laughs> i just say it's lazy plus it's hollow so i mean it's not like it's gonna stop anybody from you know cutting through it yeah anyways <laughs> we digest <laughs> there's a little back and forth here snake looks at his uh wristwatch his doom clock as it were and it says like 19 hours and 20 something minutes yeah he's got a, a track like his doom clock on his hand and a tracker uh or no he doesn't have a tracker watch it's something he's holding in his hand right right it's supposed to be tracking the president and then something that i thought was going to play into this movie and really doesn't as much is like as you sit there they're talking and looking around you see a shadowy figure run up behind him you're thinking and i thought when i first saw this was oh boy he's gonna get ambushed yeah (laughs) spoiler alert he doesn't (laughs) he does not it comes into play later. <laughs> it's it's but yeah, it's interesting. And the the music in this scene was great. Like all the suspense and the and then the jump, you know, it's not a jump scare so much, but the music kind of plays it as a jump scare when the right. man runs runs behind him and he doesn't see him kind of running in the back. And and of course, you know what we get is sort of this burned out graffiti inside of a building uh that he's supposed to be in which is supposed to be representative of like what's happened to all the city structure since it's become a jail right and how he wanders out of that building without interacting with anybody because like there's nobody on the street right well there's nobody on the street and there's nobody in the building yeah you know? <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta think to yourself like like what why would you use all of this space for a prison if you weren't going to fill it with prisoners <laughs> Like, where is everybody? Well, that and that the people themselves wouldn't be using these giant ass towers, you know? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Snake decides to start his search at the one place you know the president's not going to be, which is at the plane crash site. <laughs> yeah. Just looking around. I guess he's looking for the escape pod, which we know is not there. <laughs> well, it's close by, right? He goes from the plane to the escape pod. But yeah, like in this whole scene, like the most incredulous thing is the fact that there are no other people, like nobody's scavenging. Nobody's checking out the plane crash. You see two, two or three people scurrying around, but no one like in the crash site. Yeah. And no one interacts with Snake, which strikes me as very odd. Right. Seeing as how like everybody else, when he first actually talks to them, is like, we're going to get you, sucker. Yeah. Okay. He's looking for survivors, which again would have already known that yeah no survivors right it's like the president was the only one even better so now you know he's there he's he calls into hauk that nobody survived the plane crash duh and he pulls out the tracker and he's like yes i've got the president's pulse so that's how they're they're trying to locate the president is by a device that tracks the pulse of the person wearing the tracker yeah because there are no flaws in that (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's not like it's a removable tracker that's 
effectively a wristwatch. <laughs> it's not that at all. No, that's no. not. That's not at all what we saw the president activate when he got into the egg, the red <laughs> egg of doom. Snape tracks the signal to a old style movie theater. As he's going in the theater, somebody comes out and like just passes him like, eh, the dude with the gun, whatever. <laughs> right. Like this is big muscled up guy. Almost looks like he's been greased up a little bit. <laughs> he's got his <laughs> eye patch on, beautiful hair, you know, ah, giant gun. Obviously doesn't belong there. <laughs> you know, following a tracker device. There's a guy that's had a shower recently, but that's no big deal. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it goes into this theater and like you hear the, the singing and then eventually you see it's a bunch of dudes on stage and like. I don't know, 1900s era dresses. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, stuff that they found backstage and just threw on. And yeah, the song they're, they're singing is kind of upbeat and happy, but talking about how terrible New York is. So it's kind of like a crazy show. Yeah, this is very much like a depth of insanity kind of a thing. Yeah, <laughs> like it's interesting because it kind of sets this concept that maybe there aren't any women here because it's all these guys putting on this show and there's a bunch of people watching in the audience it's crazy in the sense that it's normal mm -hmm. that uh there's enough civility going on that people can sit in one place and watch a show there's a bunch of people who you have you know are terrible criminals right because you don't send people to a maximum security prison unless they're terrible criminals and have done something terrible and they're all just sitting there in the the audience watching the show and then the people putting on the show <laughs> right <laughs> sort of like what is going on here? <laughs> so uh, a snake is, uh, he, you know, leaves the theater itself to go look in the backstage area. And uh, a guy sneaks up and we're like, hey, I know you, you're Snake Plissken. Because apparently in this movie, everybody knows who he is. People that have been in this prison for 100 years know who Snake Plissken <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. No newspapers or TV, but everybody knows who this guy is. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows Snake Plissken. And everybody knows that he's already dead. Right. <laughs> like, that's the reoccurring thing. I, I thought, thought you, you were, were dead. dead. Everybody <laughs> says, I thought you were dead. I mean, I think Hawk is the only one who doesn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> of course, he's the only one that doesn't call him Snake. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah, Snake goes uh, skulking in the under parts of this theater with the tracking signal. Oh, Snake, you don't want to go down there. So here's where <laughs> we get kind of a hint towards what you were talking about earlier with the whole, you know, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of women in that he comes across. Well, that's no easy way to say it. So we'll just say it. Basically, you know, uh, a gang rape. Mm -hmm. A bunch of guys, you know, passing around a woman. Doesn't do anything to stop that. Just, you know, minds little business keeps walking. <laughs> And then he finds himself uh, coming up to this old man next to a fire. And it turns out it's the old man who's got the tracker. Yeah. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Who could have seen the flaw in that logic? <laughs> the old man. I knew I was going to be the president when I woke up with this on me. <laughs> <laughs> the old man tries to steal his boots. And <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to remember, like, does he get jumped by the two guys at this point or? Yeah. Or at least they try to jump him and then, you know, beats him up. What you would do, jump a guy and take his stuff. Right. <laughs> like, like, I assume that's the natural way 
people are are treated here immediately. Well, it's what we assumed was going to happen hit the entire way to this point, but nobody did. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're like, OK, now things are making a little more sense here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the guy with the fire didn't didn't have the uh, tracker. It's this guy coming up. Yeah. He sees a guy who's just like beating the crap out of somebody. You don't see who it is. You just laying into him. And you see the tracker, the wrist tracker. <laughs> Snake kicks him, kicks the 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 uh, assailant, and you know thinks it's the president. It turns out it's just another homeless guy who, like you said, says, oh, "I thought I knew I was going to be the president when I woke up with this thing on my wrist." Yeah. Uh, so uh, Snake says, "You know, where'd you get this?" <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, it was like a miracle. Suddenly, it was just there." <laughs> So, of course, what does uh, Snake do? He just bashes the uh, tracker and, of course, causes no no amount of craziness on the part of the people back <laughs> at the prison who are, who think this is the president's, uh, you know, lifeline here. Right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is he dead? What happened? Snake, snake, snake. <laughs> <laughs> what we're not telling you here is that an enormous amount of time has passed. Because almost every step of Snake Blitzen, Blitzkin moving from one place to another is shot. Right. In in wide, wide angle, slow pan. <laughs> well, and every time, you know, and we'll come up to it when they point it out. But every time he looks at his doom clock, you know, it jumps and you're just like, there's just no freaking way. And the jumps get more and more and more as you go forward. Yeah. <laughs> And given what time he goes in, you really expect the daylight to happen faster than it does. <laughs> right. Yeah. They spend a lot of time in the first night. The only night. <laughs> he sleeps through most of the day. <laughs> like he gets knocked out <laughs> and he sleeps through most of the day and then he wakes up towards the end of it and then the rest of the movies at night. So it's just weird. Kind of he goes in one night, goes through a day and then goes and then they finally get out on the next night. Spoiler alert. <laughs> for a bad movie you don't get a good review folks because it doesn't deserve a good review <laughs> yeah it's i mean it's very difficult to review like i said there's like 10 pages of dialogue here there's just not much going on like if <laughs> so snake then is kind of like well what the bleep do i do now right he, he finds the escape pod and then once again you get shadowy figures in the background and this is when the crazies start coming out one guy comes out from an alley and starts banging things and hooting and hollering and all of a sudden just from every gutter and manhole and and drainage yeah. Come people out of the the ground, you know. Everywhere people could suddenly appear out of, they do, and it's this weird sort of like the guy who runs through and is banging on everything runs a certain direction, and they're all as they boil out of the ground, they kind of follow in the same direction. This sort of strange wave of people begins to form, and Snake is like running along with them as they're starting to come out, and he gets sort of overtaken by the wave, and he finally finds. Like somewhere to to duck into to get out of these people, right? It's like the rising of the zombies, you know, or something yeah. like you know from um, the time machine, you know, the people that lived in the in, in the underground, you know, just coming the to Morlocks. the surface, Morlocks, yeah, <laughs> yeah, coming up, and and like the interesting, but none of them seem to notice him at that time as they're coming up because he's in the midst of them. Well, he's at least on the side, 
near him, but they all seem very focused on running forward as they come out. Right. Like they're going somewhere in particular. <laughs> right. And so he ducks into a, like a diner to just get out of all of this. And this, this takes like 10 minutes, folks. <laughs> like, like this, this thing that we just described in like 20, 30 seconds here took a good five to 10 minutes of film time. <laughs> and is it relevant in any way? Is it important? No, no, not really. Because <laughs> like even this interaction that we're going to tell you, like because he ducks into the diner and he um, gets surprised by uh, another woman, you know, hiding out in the dark there. And there's this back and forth, you know, who are you? Oh, I know who you. Once again, everybody knows Snake Bliskin. You know, thought he's you alive. Were dead. Yeah, everyone, yeah, I thought you were dead. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing here? It's interesting. She talks about like, oh, I used to be with this this other group, but now I'm with the Skulls now. Which, you know, which kind of belies the concept of there being rival gangs within New York. You know, which makes sense. Like if you have a, a prison, there's gangs within the prisons. That's true of maximum security as much as it is of like non-maximum security prison. So I don't remember what the two groups are, though. Do you remember? Skulls and Turks is what she says. She's with the Turks. Now. That's right. She used to be with the Skulls. Now she's with the Turks. <laughs> There's a good line here, though. She goes, you're a cop. He goes, I'm an asshole. <laughs> and of course, then is the moment when she realized, like, hey, you're Snake Plissken. I know all about you. I thought you were dead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, she does mention that the, it's the end of the month and the crazies are out of food yeah and then she says as long as they don't make any noise they'll be fine in here yeah and then she asks you know if you find them can you take me with you and he's like nope <laughs> nope <laughs> she's like, I could be useful yeah and then, <laughs> that's right he's like how <laughs> <laughs> she starts using her wiles on him <laughs> and so it's at this moment that the crazies start popping up through the floor and then one pops up right underneath the woman and drags her down it's almost this like explosion of the floorboards as the arms come up and like grab the bunch of arms come up and grab her and take her down she's screaming the whole time and you're like Okay, are we at, like, cannibal point here? Is that where we're at with the crazies? You know, and then at this point, it, it's Snake with his, you know, machine gun running away from the crazies. And where does he run? Not back to the street. No, 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 no. He climbs up. Yeah. He climbs up the fire escape back into the building. <laughs> you know, not to the relative safety of the, the streets where, you know, he could run in a hundred different directions as opposed to in the building and only be able to run in three or four <laughs> and have a clear line of sight to anything he wants to shoot with his machine gun <laughs> and of course with his precious precious bullets what does he decide to do he's going to make himself a hole in the wall by using a lot of bullets to shoot a circle yes. and then oh he comes gosh. back out of the building <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're like what was the point of that <laughs> You just used a whole lot of bullets to make a U-sized hole <laughs> in that wall in order to climb back out of the building after you went in again. What are you doing, man? <laughs> what are you even doing here? And so it's at this point, with all the jumping and around and whatnot, that he drops. I don't think I think it's the radio. I don't think it's the tracker. No, it's the radio. Yeah, it's the radio. Of course. <laughs> of course, it's hard for him not to drop it, seeing as how, you know, it's a giant brick, <laughs> giant plastic brick with a 20 foot antenna. <laughs> Snake. <laughs> Robot house. Blitzkin, what's going on? <laughs> come in, Blitzkin, come in. 
damn it, what's going on in there? So as he's running away, he uh, gets saved by the cabbie that recognized him before. In fact, his name is Cabbie. <laughs> yeah, our talkative Cabbie from before, who is driving a cab, which is, you know, fully functional as far as you can tell as a, <laughs> as a vehicle. So somehow it's, it's been gassed up. And still works. Right. It's not some new age, you know, electric engine or anything. Yeah. He's, he immediately starts telling Snake about how, like, this is a bad area of town. And that like, he was only down here to see the show. But you shouldn't walk around this type, this area of town at night. <laughs> As he's throwing a Molotov cocktail out the, out the sunroof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To, I guess, uh, keep the crazies off of them. So they're driving around, driving around. I was like, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing back there? Blah, 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 blah. He tells them. It's like, oh, I know who you need to talk to. You need to talk to uh, the Duke. <laughs> or no, he goes, you know, who's got the president? He goes, oh, the Duke's got him. Oh, the Duke's, Duke's got, got him. him. Everybody knows that. <laughs> of course <laughs> the Duke's got him. The Duke. <laughs> the Duke. The Duke of New York. A number one. The big man. That's who. <laughs> yeah. And Cabby's one of these guys that's just going to continue to talk no matter what's happening. Well, he's a New York Cabby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been driving these streets for 30 years. And you're like, okay, did they just, did you just get walled in? Is that, <laughs> is that what happened? Did you not know when to leave? <laughs> yeah. Are you actually like not a criminal? You were just here because the prison's only been open for 10 years now <laughs> did they not warn you did you not have enough time to just get out <laughs> yeah and you're like yeah i'll just stay <laughs> i'll just stay as my city gets turned into a maximum security prison no big deal <laughs> i don't do this job for the money i do it for the people <laughs> <laughs> and yet Ten years in, seems to be doing fine. Yeah, <laughs> apparently Cabby's doing okay. So, in my opinion, the best character in this movie. Honestly, yes. <laughs> he's the one that you kind of like the best. Yeah. He's like one of the only likable characters in the whole movie. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is a total jag. Well, Everybody. He doesn't have an agenda. Like, he, he literally doesn't ask for anything or want anything. No. He literally stayed in a maximum security prison in order to be a cabbie. Just cause. Just cause. <laughs> uh, sir, we have to ask you to leave. Yeah. Oh, just murder him then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can stay now. <laughs> Jeez, is that what I've been doing to people all these years? I belong in here. <laughs> <laughs> What is it? That's Family Guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that hurt. <laughs> That's right. The guy stabs himself. Right. He's like, oh, that hurt. Is that what I've been doing to people on this year? Oh, I belong in here. <laughs> that's that's really the sequel I wanted was a prequel of how Cabby ended up <laughs> in New York. Like, how did he get here? It, it could only be just as good as the movie that we've got going on here. <laughs> exactly. Like, there's no there's no downward trajectory here. Like, we can't... I mean, sure, we could take a, a couple steps down, maybe, but we're on a pretty low landing as it is. At that point, you're trying. <laughs> yeah. Really, only 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 way to go up. <laughs> <laughs> 
so uh, Cabby takes Snake to go see the Duke in what I can only assume is a New York public library. No, it's not, he's not taking him to the Duke. He's taking him to the brain. The brain. That's right. Yeah. I'm going to take you. No, no, no. We can't go see the Duke. But you know what? We can go see the brain. He'll figure out how to get you in there. He's real smart. You know, he, he talks him up. Brain figured out how to do the whole oil thing and electricity and all that. You know, which then makes me wonder, what did he do to get in here? Like, that, that to me is really what I'm doing most of the time during Snake Blitzigan's long walks and large pans with very good music is, how did this guy get in here? Like, why is this person here? Why is that person? What did she do? Like, how do you warrant being in here? Well, because like in every other prison movie, that's the first thing you know about every character is, what are you in for, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Murder, larceny. <laughs> well, yeah, and you figure, you know, since it's a maximum security prison, it's going to be bad. Like, it's going to be at least murder, if not multiple murders. Or, you know, we don't put just average Joe criminal into a maximum security prison. So, except obviously Cabby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because we've seen the government types be not so nice people. I want a picture of a cabbie on a shirt, like Escape from New York over the top and on the bottom. Why am I in here? (laughs) According to uh, Amazon, this is the New York Civil Courts building on 12th Street. Okay. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. The actual physical locations in. St. Like Lewis. in the real world's in St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. They shot um they shot some of this in New York, but not all of it. A lot of it was in St. Louis and a couple other cities. Oh yeah, you're gonna love this place. He's got it set up like a prison. <laughs> not like a prison. Like a fortress, that's what he called it. Like, it's got it, it's got it set up like a fortress. Except there's nobody out front. No. And he has to take his shoe off and bang it against the door to be heard. So at this point, we get a stoppage and a look at the doom clock, and it says 17 hours and 40 minutes. So we've had roughly two hours pass by in all of this, maybe a little less. Yep. For all of that we've had happen, it's I guess it would be about right, but it, it the timing doesn't happen very well. <laughs> I mean, that seems, to me, that seems about right. Climb down a giant tower. I think he had to start walking down the stairs at like the 54th floor or something like that because the elevator only went so far down and then he had to hoof it from there. He goes to the crash site. Then he tracks down the the guy who has the watch remote. Then he goes back to the find the egg and then the cab ride or the running from the crazies in the cab ride. So, yeah, I could see about two hours passing there. That's that's to me pretty believable. Cabby knocks on the door and a revealing woman answers the door played by adrian barbeau adrian barbeau name's maggie by revealing you mean there's a lot of cleavage in this shot (laughs) (laughs) and pretty much in every shot she's in yep (laughs) i believe that is one of the things she was known for because this is a family movie folks (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know, <laughs> it's to be terrifying for, well, terribly boring and then also terrifying for small children. <laughs> they open the door because, you know, once again, name dropping Snake Pliskin. Everybody knows who Snake is. <laughs> I thought you were dead. I thought you were dead. I thought you were dead. We all thought you were dead. <laughs> <laughs> 
again, Cabby's talking up Brain and then mentions that the woman's name is Maggie. Uh, Brain's main squeeze given to Brain by the Duke. <laughs> yeah. As she's walking around with a flaming torch in her hand. <laughs> yeah. You definitely get the feeling that, as would be expected in a maximum, in an open, free range, co ed maximum security prison, the women are probably treated like cattle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. In, in no way is this an optimal scenario for literally anyone, but definitely not for them. <laughs> when she takes him into uh, to the chamber to meet Brain, we see that it's uh, Brain is played by Harry Dean Stanton, because in the 80s, Harry Dean Stanton was in everything. Everything. Right, this movie, Alien, and I'm sure there's more than a few others that I don't remember. More. more way more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> way more. And he's sitting in this kind of armchair. And it's very interesting decor because it's kind of like a library setup. You know, he's sort of got the armchair and the like fire in the background and the all the books. Well, what it is, is think of it this way. This is exactly how it look if you let a nerd just nest inside of a library. Yeah. Like it wouldn't be kept neat. No, no. There would be fire pylons and just stuff everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Including the oil rig in the back. <laughs> yes, the oil rig. And you you see the place has electricity, right? And so you can see, okay, he figured out where to get the oil from and he's figured out how to, to wire everything up. And you learn through the conversation with Snake that well, or maybe Cabby lets it drop. I don't remember that the brain is the guy who figured out all the electricity stuff and the and and then gives Cabby his gas, if I remember correctly, <laughs> which is important because you can't just take crude oil and put it into a, a car. <laughs> right. It has to be processed. <laughs> yeah. Chemically. Yeah. It has to be turned into gasoline, which is a very different substance. <laughs> it is at this point that we find out that brain's real name is Harold. And we know that because uh, Snake knows Harold slash Brain from a job they did four years earlier in Kansas City. <laughs> yeah. And you get the feeling that unlike everybody else who is surprised that Blitzen is still alive, Harold is actually sad or afraid <laughs> that Blitzen is still alive. There's, um, I believe, an exchanging of words that basically does not explain what happened at Kansas City more than like Harold left snake out to dry right and that there was a third partner named fresno bob we don't know what happened to fresno bob but it wasn't good yeah and he mentions they we don't know who they are but they did not nice things to fresno bob again another (laughs) awesome possible prequel to this movie (laughs) right (laughs) the story of fresno bob (laughs) but we don't have time for that it's only an hour-long movie we don't have time for that Yeah. Snake gets right down to it and says, uh, you know, uh, where's the bread? He's like, I don't know. Don't F with me, man. Tell me what you know, <laughs> man. Tell me what you know. <laughs> <laughs> don't hold out on me, man. <laughs> don't, don't hold, hold out, out on me. me. <laughs> I want my money. I want where's my, my money. money. <laughs> where's my money, B? Where's my money? Oh, why? Oh, my leg. Don't <laughs> <laughs> quite go that far, but it's pretty close. <laughs> And the best part is, is that nobody's ever convincing in this, in this, but yet somehow it's still convincing. <laughs> yes. I never fought Godzilla, I don't think. But if I did, that would be how it went. <laughs> I don't remember ever fighting Godzilla, but if I did. <laughs> Basically, he tells him, you know, hey, if I get the president out, I'll get you guys out, too. 
that's the only leverage he's got is that he yeah. can get other people out. Though, of course, you, you got to be thinking there's just no way because no. that freaking glider could barely, you know, hold snake, <laughs> let alone right. a snake and the president. A snake and the president. And you're thinking, how is he getting all of these other people out? So, you know, snake is basically, snake understands he's lying. <laughs> I think <laughs> and he's just going to deal with that. Well, the best part is, is that that brain thinks that he's lying. It's <laughs> like, yes. well, the two of us, <laughs> who's the real liar? <laughs> Eventually, Maggie uh, convinces brain to tell or to show Snake where the president is. <laughs> he yep. says, under what condition? You can't call me Harold. <laughs> yeah, OK. That's the important thing here. <laughs> yep. Yep. Don't call me Harold. <laughs> Whatever you say, Harry, if that's any better. <laughs> oh, so now we've got our little party. Yep. We've got our quattro. Uh, cabbie, brain, Mrs. Big Boobs. Snake. <laughs> uh, we're going to call her MBB from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly better than Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Maggie's a perfectly acceptable name. <laughs> For who? A grandmother? <laughs> uh, all right, Bruce. All right. It's just, I guess we won't go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> or should we? Should we spend the next 20 minutes, the rest of this episode, trying to dive in why Bruce thinks the name Maggie should only belong to grandmothers and not buxom women? <laughs> Who are in sci-fi dystopian movies. <laughs> hey, if we're going to have fun, I'd rather have fun with the name Mrs. Big Boobs than Maggie. I said it's MBB, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that sounds just as fun. <laughs> it does to me, you big MBB. <laughs> Put that one on a shirt too. Just, just the letters MBB. And on the back, just as fun as Mrs. Big Boobs. No, on the back it just says Maggie. Maggie. <laughs> that that's how you'll know the real listeners to this show. Put that shirt out there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let us know uh, in whatever way or place you can comment. What kind? If you guys actually want merch, and we'll start making merch. I I I can do that. That's something I know how to do. Okay. All right, so, <laughs> so Snake, Cabby, Harold, and MBB <laughs> off to see the wizard, the wonderful Duke of Oz. <laughs> but as they're leaving the. Uh... The place we see cars coming down the road, this big like caravan of cars, and uh, as they're all staring at it, trying to figure out who it is, and they know it's the Duke. You turn around and see that Cabby's in his cab, taken off without them. Yeah, he's gone. He's like <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> Heck with this. <laughs> <laughs> he's the weasel. Just goes. I'm out. <laughs> yep. And so uh, our heroes just decide they're going to use the back streets and find another way to get to the Duke's place before the Duke without him knowing. There's just some like amazing music going on during this whole thing, playing from I assume the Duke's car, which is an amazing car because it has. Two chandeliers on the front. This is like a 1980s, you know, Cadillac. Nothing terribly impressive or expensive. <laughs> right. 
but it's this cavalcade of of junker cars that have been you know kind of fixed up and modified and whatnot and but you can tell his right away (laughs) because of the (laughs) chandeliers doesn't he have something out on the hood too like like lights or something it it, well so he's got two chandeliers on the on the front hoods you know like like above where the uh the headlights would be and yeah. he's got a disco ball hanging from the rear view mirror that's right the disco balls on the inside yep so then the duke comes out um played by isaac hayes all blinged up you can just tell he's the man in charge wearing the cowboy hat and all the bling and stuff like that and crazy man standing next to him is like i guess like left i wouldn't call him like a lieutenant he's more of like a crazy man pretending to be a dog <laughs> Yeah, I I would liken him closer to like a jester. Yeah. Uh in the in the court of the king, but also, you know, very close to the king, I guess. You're right. Yeah, and this is crazy, man. This is the same guy who showed the finger, the president's finger to the uh people who came in to extract the president. To hawk. To hawk. To hawk. <laughs> hawk. <laughs> Hawk. It sounds like <laughs> trying to clear your throat. <laughs> I am the man with no name. The hawk. <laughs> Yeppers. <laughs> and of course, you know, they go walking up to the building trying to find brain you know yeah and you find out why the duke likes brain and it's because brain is working out all the locations of the landmines on one of the bridges out of new york city so that way they can avoid the landmines and get out of and break out of the prison so then snake brain and mbb are watching from distant and they're like all right well now we got a haul <laughs> yeah, we gotta haul ass and get the president before the duke gets gets back to him. And so the plan is to steal one of the cars, which actually is not a bad plan because if you're gonna right. try and beat this guy back to his lair, you got you you need to drive faster than him. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, taking one of his, you know, kind of makes it harder on him. Yeah, because he has less help. And, and that's what Snake does. He, he uh, bushwhacks the. Uh, the driver runs over the guy that was riding with him, standing in front of the car, because, you know, you should always stand in front of cars. <laughs> yep. 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 All right. He doesn't run over. He punches him out, knocks him out. But... Yeah, I was going to say, I think he punches him. Oh, it's a station wagon. It's an armored station wagon. Yeah, and the, the windows all have these cages on them, right? Right. He gets these guys through the cages, which is, uh, honestly, it's a pretty good plan. <laughs> he goes out. And... <laughs> it shows you the flaw of having cages on cars. <laughs> yep. The hall it protects you from is guys outside from punching. Doesn't really do anything else. <laughs> yeah. So they, they get the car and, you know, what is a pretty decent kind of little action vignette there. And they, they jump in and they start tearing off. And the brain says, <clears throat> starts directing him where he's going and says he, he needs to go down Broadway. Right. Maggie is like, no, don't do that. And brain's like, yes, it's, it's faster. Don't worry about it. Just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and as they're driving through, it, it, it's just, you know no man's land people see a car to start throwing <laughs> it's like suddenly here are all the people <laughs> right like, all the people that you know we didn't know where the heck they were before this is apparently where they were hanging on broad street with a bunch of like random fires and just once they see the car they just start hucking stuff at it <laughs> 
trying to break it or stop it. I don't really know what the purpose of hucking all the stuff at it is more than just. Well, probably, yeah, like you said, trying to get them to stop so that way they can steal the car and kill and rape the people in it. Yeah, it's typical uh, reaver fashion. Yeah, that's really a great, great example of what it would be. <laughs> so they get to the end of Broadway and what do they find? It's an entire barricade made up of old cars and whatnot. Snake tries to turn around. He sees the mob in front of him. He's like, well, we're not going to go that way. Yeah, it's now the miles or so of people that they drove through at 20 miles an hour as they were <laughs> hucking stuff in the car are still chasing the car. <laughs> right. And so he uh, decides he's going to ram the car by backing through the giant barricade of crushed cars. And that's how they get away from the crazy people well they're not crazies but just the mob of people baller move of course the mob stops at the barricade <laughs> yeah you, you kind of think like is this this has got to be one of those boundary lines between you know various warring factions within the city well it's almost also like when you open the door you know and the dog's looking at around going this looks entirely too easy <laughs> i don't know if i should step through he's like looking around yeah. for traps <laughs> Not that it would ever see the trap, but it's still looking. Yeah. Who's on the other side of this that's going to kill me? <laughs> awesome move using the back end of the uh, of the car to back through it. Yes. The part of the vehicle that's less likely to make it not work <laughs> if it's damaged. Right. In this case, because it's a station wagon, the part of the vehicle that's bigger. <laughs> right. So they get out of there and they end up in a train yard. And... Uh, Brain and Maggie are sent ahead to kind of make a distraction while Snake runs through the cars and above the cars to try to get to where the president is. Brain walks up to, I guess, one of the lieutenants, you know, and the guy's like, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm here to see the Duke. Well, the Duke went to go look for you. No, that's not what he told me. He told me, you know, come here and bring him the plan. And this is back and forth trying to stall for time while you see Snake in the yeah. background. It's effectively just a distraction. Yeah, while you see Snake in the background running across the top to to go uh, try to get the president. Just keep staring at MBB there. (laughs) Dang it, Bruce. Come on. Come on. What? It's the only good thing in the movie. (laughs) Wait, Dan, Cabby? Come on, we love Cabby. (laughs) You go dream about Cabby. (laughs) (laughs) I will then. I will dream about Ernest (laughs) Borgnine. I want people to go out there and find women who fantasize about Ernest Borgnine. I'm interested to meet those people and just lend more credence to my theory that if you got that thing, there's somebody out there for that thing. Bruce, you you don't look anything like Ernest Borgnine. I don't, I don't want to look like Ernest Borgnine. Oh, okay, I was just making sure you knew that in case you were <laughs> fishing for women who liked Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> in case that's what that was. I just, I just want to make sure. I, I want to meet that person. Yeah, I, persons. I know. And I want to make sure the reason you want to meet them is not because you want to date them because you think you look like <laughs> Ernest Borgnine. No, no. No, I want to be meet someone who wants to look like Ernest Borgnine so you can get women who like Ernest Borgnine. Then I also want to meet the women who are into Ernest Borgnine. Okay, we've gone down a pretty spectacular yes. rabbit hole here. Yes. I do have to ask, why is Maggie not a good name? <laughs> what is what's the problem with that name, Bruce? There's nothing sexy about that name. Why why does it have it's to so be so harsh? Why how how? It's got like, like soft G's. 
It is not a soft G. It is absolutely not a soft G. Okay. Yeah, you know. You try to say Maggie in a seductive way. I dare you. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not getting pulled into this strange world of yours. I'm not going to seductively say Maggie so you can think about it later. You're dreaming of Miss of Miss BB. But you said you wanted to get in on this. I you, know. you said you wanted to go down this rabbit no, hole. I said we probably shouldn't for the sake of our listeners. <laughs> Okay. Okay, I think we're burnt, folks. I don't think we can do this anymore. We're we'll have to you know, yeah, we did it. We managed to get three episodes out of this movie. Because <laughs> we're gonna have to give and you we a third. got a whole nother forty minutes left in it, and that's probably including the credits. So uh really like thirty-five, thirty minutes left of the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> Plenty more strange things are going to happen. And lots more snake blitz and walking slowly while the camera pans taking a long time well very interesting music plays in the background (laughs) all that more next time on the next episode of pat and the fat man remember we have a patreon in case you want to support us and what we're doing here (laughs) it's after this one i'm not sure you do but if you do, website patandthefatman.com on Facebook, Pat and the Fat Man, and Twitter. The Fat Man has a Twitter. Follow us, share us, like us, subscribe, highly rate us, do all of the things in order to get the word out. Tell all your friends and family and every stranger you meet on the street that you love Pat and the Fat Man on our podcast. We'd really appreciate it. I'm Pat. I'm the Fat Man, otherwise known as Bruce. Stay classy. MBB for life, baby. Everybody knows who Snake is. Hey, aren't you dead? Yeah.